Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. To be able to accomplish what I was able to accomplish was way out of the ordinary for what happened in my life. With my age at this point, what I did, I knew I was going to do one year after 9-11. I'm going to push a beverage cart from Boston to New York. How many days did that journey take you? I believe it was 21 days. When the first year anniversary came up, I was under the influence of opiates at that point. And I was struggling, and I wanted to recognize these crew members. So that I knew I needed to do something that would get national attention. I knew that back then, but I couldn't because of my condition. I was numbing myself out with pain medication. Little did I realize that 20 years were going to go by. I just, mind-boggling. But I got to tell you that I never gave up hope. I just never gave up hope that I could, you know, and the fact that I, I crossed that barrier to where the obsession was lifted and I was able to be freed from the opiate addiction, the light went on at that point in 2015. I said, the feeling I had, I don't think too many people have experienced it in their lifetime. Because it, there wasn't a barrier that I that I could picture ever stopping me from accomplishing this. There was nothing. Like I think a lot of people on the outside will maybe doubt me. I don't know what they were thinking. It didn't make a difference because I knew what I was going to do and I was going to get it done. And that's all. That's just how I felt. And I think maybe it's because I the suffering that I went through personally, not being able to do it for so long, and now getting the freedom to know that I could do it. I, I guess that's the only way I can explain it. I believe there had to be a power greater than me because so many people have been in my shoes too that I know around the world with addiction or whatever that haven't come out of it. What happened in my case was I, I didn't realize there was more to this thing because I was so focused on recognizing these crew members because I never saw it in the news or anybody saying these flight attendants were the first first responders. And I knew the family members that must have been feeling the same way. I mean, their own family member who was a crew member. For me, being able to overcome an obstacle that I know a lot of people have been in, but to finally accomplish a, a, something that's really out of the ordinary for someone of my age at 62 years old. I mean, nobody's ever pushed a beverage card. You know, from Boston to New York, there was there was nobody that I could contact. How do you do it? What should I do? A few professional athletes that I was able to ask, and and they could give me training tips on whatever. But but hopefully one of these days I'm going to get the words, the words that I need to explain that that feeling inside me when I was on that street every day pushing because there was no barrier. I I really felt that way. And what happened? People came out of their homes, and there was more to it. So this didn't only turn into 
recognizing these crew members, it turned into me being able to inspire people. Did I get emotional thinking about me? Inspire someone? I, I didn't know what that, I didn't even understand what people were saying. I was hearing it from all over the world. It's so focused on just, please recognize these crew members. They deserve the recognition. So, obviously, there was so much of that. People coming out and, you know, uh, telling me their own personal stories and struggles and that they haven't told their sponsors. I mean, it was just unbelievable. So, I knew that I was given a gift that I knew that people would really love to have feel what I felt. It was something special. It was really was. It was a special thing that I was able to accomplish. Pete Alonzo and the New York Mets. He was right there waiting for you. Open arms. He gave you like the biggest hug possible. I had a woman jump out of a car and walked with me in a hurricane for three miles in the rain to tell me she had a kidney transplant. And she had to tell me she saw me in the news. I believe he was a newsman. He thanked me and said his last visions were the people jumping out of the towers. We firemen walking with me in Connecticut. Fire trucks in front of me, police cars behind me. And we're talking, I'm pushing the guard. And the fireman to my left starts bawling his eyes out. Bawling his eyes out on the street. Because he said he couldn't talk to the guys in the firehouse about his problems. And he had to, he had to tell me. Well, what was the turning point for you after, you know, the 20 years that it clicked in your head? It's time. I'm doing it now. I got clean from the opiates. I was, the obsession was lifted. And at that moment, when I knew I was free from addiction, life went, of course, I'm doing this. I'm going to get this done. But I knew at that, that was 2015. I needed work to do on myself. Which was, you know, I mean, I needed, I needed to acclimate myself back into society. I mean, it was just, it's hard, you know. I loved being on an airplane with passengers. That was, I loved that feeling of meeting people from all over the world. I loved it. I worked for five airlines, so and then to to be ripped out of society in the opiate addiction and alienated from society for so long. That's how I felt. To be able to come. To come back out of that and see people and, and be with people and talk to people, it was just unbelievable to me. I couldn't believe it. I was alive again. Unfortunately, I wasn't flying anymore now, but when I was on that street. Alive again. I had a, I had a fire inside me like I've never experienced ever, ever, ever in my life. People ask me when I got, when I got to Ground Zero, how do you feel physically? I, I'm telling you, I could have pushed that car back to Boston from New York. I really could have. Physically, mentally, I was, I was just in a mode. I know as I went along, there was so much noise. I called it noise media and people, and I just called it noise because I was, I was, I could only tell you, I, that was just noise. All that, because I was going this way. My body and my mind, I was set. I was going and it's going to get done. You know, I'm grateful for the people that come into my life that help organize a lot of it. I would carry that thing on my back if I have to. I'll swim with it. I'll do whatever I got to do, but that beverage cap will be in ground zero on September 11th. There was a picture taken of me carrying the beverage car on my back up a set of stairs in New York City. And it just happened to me I couldn't get across the street unless I went up the stairway and all that. Now, again, I'm going to push this year from Washington Dallas to the Pentagon. And uh, so, and, and it's a whole different theme with the military. And there's just so much involved in it. But it all started from really don't quit five minutes before the miracle. I love that saying because. There were so many times I didn't know if I was going to make it, but I knew I had a driving force. What happened? Everybody agreed with me. These guys were the first first responders. They should have been recognized. I didn't realize really 
how much of the beverage count was the key to it. I didn't know that. It was just seemed common sense to me that you put the beverage count. It just did. Everyone thought it was such a great idea that I came up with, but it wasn't really a great idea. It was just common sense to me. For years, I was wishing I could get something accomplished. Which I, you know, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because I couldn't, I couldn't come off the opiates. I couldn't get it done. And I suffered with that so much. And think about how I suffered so many years. I averaged between 14 and 20 miles a day. It all depended on the terrain and physically how I could go. The way I trained was differently. I trained in the morning and then go back out in the afternoon. But when I started uh, after the morning, it was all day long because there were people on the streets. And, and I was grateful for that. It stopped for every single person along the way. Dave McGilvey, he's the director of the Boston Marathon. This year was his 50th year running the Boston Marathon. It was his 35th year running it after the marathon because he directs the marathon all day long. And when it's over, he goes at the starting line and then runs it. He ran across the country twice. He got halfway across the country and he realized he miscalculated. He was running 40 miles a day. And halfway across the country, he realized he miscalculated. He had to add six or seven more miles on each day the rest of the way. He said, trust me, you don't let that happen to you. And of all these people, professional athletes that I talked to about, you know, I was asking, what should I eat and stuff like that? That stuck in my head. Don't fall behind, in other words. So no matter what, I knew I had to do so many miles each day, no matter what. So I always went above that. I just did each day, no matter, no matter what the circumstances was. If I had to get 15 miles in, I'd do 17 or whatever. I just kept that mindset. So when I got to New York, I only had a mile left to ground zero the next day, you know what I mean? So, but... You know, it was the people that, that 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 was what lifted me. There was one section I had 40 miles. I had to go in Massachusetts, Connecticut. And it was a, just a, a dirt path that 40 miles. But I went through it sections at a time, eight miles here, four miles here. And then you come out on the street and I do the street, you know. But I have a different beverage cart for that, with bigger tire, air tires. And that was the hardest part for me because I was training on the street. And I was, I was on soft dirt, and my legs, oh, that's the only time I, I, my legs, and I, you would think it would be, you know, wouldn't have been, but it was, it was harder just because it was softer. What motivated me a lot was the little kids. For some reason, with the signs, it, it caught me off guard. I, they were, they were, like they'd be in cars standing out of sunroofs. Their parents would pull over, and they, like three little kids would be standing out, and they'd be screaming, Polly, Polly, Polly. And you could see they didn't know why they were screaming it or who I was or anything about because I was seven, six, whatever. But they, they were excited. And um, so when that started to happen and I see these families with their little kids holding these signs on the street corner waiting for me to come up the street, I knew right then that what I was trying to do for so many years was being told Parent down to the ch children about 9-11. These kids weren't even born on 9-11. Mm -hmm. And they were holding a sign for this guy, Polly, Polly, Polly. But I know those parents were telling those kids the story of 9-11, and it was going to continue. They weren't going to be forgotten. Such a sense of relief by seeing these kids. I said, oh, my God, what, what I've been thinking for so many years is being told by people now. They're finally being the message. You know, just, I didn't... You know, I didn't know how to explain what was going on in my head, but I felt it like it was getting me. I was getting a relief out of my head that I had in there for years. 
that I could see the look in people's eyes with their family, with their kids. They were excited that I could stand there and tell their kids a little bit. Therapeutic for me, obviously. But to see the excitement in other people, to me, I'm thinking I'm just pushing this cart. But it's amazing what it's doing to this community. People that, that um, neighbors that didn't talk to each other, you know, and now they're standing talking to each other. It was a miracle. It really was. The whole trip was a miracle for so many people.